Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. I never give like a kickoff here, but we're going to kick it off. Luca Nation, I'm excited. It is our weekly Starstock episode. Hey, now. What do you, you think, man? You, interrupt, you feel you can interrupt me because you're wearing a dress shirt all the way buttoned up to, to your chin? Hey, top button's not buttoned. Yeah. I, don't think just it, I don't think it can be buttoned anymore. I got like the Chris Farley look going on, you know, so it's like, you know, you remember my name is Holly. Chris Farley is just chucking it. Rain man. Rain. No, that's not Chris Farley. I think Chris Farley was probably dead already by the time that movie came out. That's uh, and what's funny is the actor who was doing that was also is also dead. What's his name? The guy who uh yeah, the three name guy, it's Richard Seymour Hoffman or whatever. Yes, Richard Seymour Hoffman. That's who make it rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was doing it in a very Chris Farley way, I will tell you that much. It's very easy to get those two guys confused. 100%. Similar character. Very slapsticky type of humor. Um, but that scene Kick us that's off. where they play shirts and skins and Ben and Ben Stiller is like, you know, he's like oh, I get sweat all over himself and he's already like a germ phobe. Yeah, that was this is really gross. <laughs> I watched that the other day. That was a good flick. Some, you know, funny stuff. Jennifer um, is my all-time crush, just so you know. Really? Yeah, I love Jennifer Aniston. I yeah. never saw it. I never saw it. But what? Yeah, I never saw it. No, I was not never a Jennifer Aniston. You know, I never, uh, never, never, never a fan. Who's your celebrity crush? Megan Fox? Uh, myself. I'm. A, I have a celebrity crush on myself. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna have to be it. No, our production, our, our 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 production staff, our our producer has a, has a thing for Megan Fox from what uh from what we've been told, I guess. Um, no, not me. I, I have a crush, and it is it is on myself. And whoever my waiter or waitress is at whatever restaurant I'm sitting down at, they I have a crush on them because they're bringing me food. It's easy, man. That's the easy way to my heart through my belly. It's whomever, whomever, whomever. whomever. Whomever it is that's bringing me, I have a crush on. Yes, it is. It is whomever it is. Or whoever. Everybody gets the point. So, are you, we're st- yeah. Are you excited? To catch a leprechaun with my kids tonight on St. Patrick's Eve? Sure. How can I not be excited? Those were my favorite projects in school, right? When you had to build like that leprechaun house with the ladder yeah. and then capture them inside of that like little gingerbread cardboard house. Oh, yeah. We're going to catch a leprechaun. Hell, yeah. We are totally doing it. And we're going to make him give us this pot of gold. It's going to be filled with Kobe's top shots. It's going to be filled with star stock A's. Leprechauns in my house, they're a different kind of leprechaun. <laughs> so, you know, kids want chocolate? No. No. They get star stock A's, baby. It's a fun little leprechaun. Um, yeah, so, man, we're, we're here for the Star Stock episode today. It's a fun one. You know, we, we got Tuesday going on. You know, we've, we've done Star Stock. And I'll tell you what jumped off the page the most for me out of the data. Then I'll, 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 I'll see whether it was the same thing for you or whether you got something else. For the first time since we've been doing this, and, and what are we, 13 weeks into this or something like that, of doing Star Stock and, you know, we're doing you know, a weekly episode. This is the first time, because, you know, we've basically been doing it all basketball seasons. The first time that basketball sales fell under 50% of their total sales. They're still the most, but when you combine the increase in baseball and a little bit of football sales they have, basketball is still the most, but for the first time it fell under 50% of their total sales, which, you know, it lets you, lets you realize that people are gearing up for baseball season. 
at the same time as, you know, basketball season's kind of right in the middle. Um, so that's the one thing that kind of stuck out at me as far as like trends go on the data. How about you? They launched their MLB Emerging 20 Prospect Index. So it's like, okay. uh, it's going to be the baseball equivalent of the NBA uh, index, but they're all going to be PSA 10s, which I think is going to give the cards a bit more uniformity. I like it, especially because, I mean, take it from somebody who has who has started buying PSA 10s on Starstock, because I think you get bargains because the sellers are only paying 5% for it. Um, I think it's a cool idea, right? Um, you know, the PSA 10 is kind of like the universal, you know, liquid indicator. So I like that they're going to be doing their MLB Emerging 20 Prospect Index, right? You know what stuck out for me, Cage? Sure, what? I'm looking here at featured cards. I'm looking at Juan Soto and Luis Robert. I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't understand how these are 22 and 23-year-olds. That's what sticks out for me currently. These guys are monsters. No? Like, do you know Luis Robert? Like, look at his shoulders. He's huge. Yeah, they're big guys. And they're big young. guys. Big guys and young. They're full-grown, full-grown men. Well, listen, you could say that that's part of why there's so much money behind them as prospects because Juan Soto has already won a World Series. You know, I mean, these guys, the the thought there is that, you know, they are not going to have typical 21 and 22-year-old seasons, that these are guys who can win an MVP as a 22-year-old and then win multiple over the next 10 or 15 years and really do some damage on the record books and cement themselves in there as – you know, all-time greats. Everybody's looking for the next Trout, the next Griffey, you know, the next best guy, the next Jeter. And, uh, you know, I think if you if you happen to hit on the right one, whether it's um, Tatis, Acuna, Soto, Lou Bob, whoever it may be, you know, the card the cards are... Uh, are they're already a lot of money yeah. on that chance that they, you know, are going to go up. But I'll tell you, you know, I sold some Acunas the other day. I was a little surprised because I don't have that many Acuna. You know, I went full bore on Tatis and Acuna was always a lot more money. Acuna was the guy, you know, you, you hear he's going to go 40-40, he's going to go 40-40. I sold four of his tops, um, you know, just the update base PSA 10. Mm-hmm. You know, not Chrome, not anything crazy, not bat down, just regular bat up. And they sold on eBay for 200 bucks, which, you know, Tatis is like 300 so it's uh, – I don't know. I think I might consider going into the season. I might consider, um, you know, selling off, um, let's call it 10 Tatises and trading them in for 15 Acunas because Acuna before this past season was one who had a little more, a little more momentum to him, right? It's a good team, playoff team. Um, you know, they got a good, good pitching staff. You know, they can go pretty far in the playoffs. I know, I know the Padres have a heck of a team also, but, um, you know, I think Acuna is pretty damn good. Uh, maybe people are overlooking him. I was just a little surprised that that's how cheap they sold for. You, I want to ask you something. Sure. So, Grom, monster, best pitcher in the, in the game, right? More yes. than like. Yeah. Is it worth – so I know pitchers are historically underappreciated, but also historically we haven't had day trading platforms, right? So like I think with the day trading aspect, like four or five days in between starts is actually perfect for something like Starstock. Do you think it might be worth taking a look at pitchers? Definitely. 
there are going to be pitchers who do well and you know your your cycle on them is going to be is going to be you know much more conducive for star stock right so you're going to know somebody who's coming up you're going to have a call up pitcher a rookie pitcher gets called up 100 you're going to see an increase in their in their in their prices Almost. you know we saw we saw peterson and pearson similar names for the mets and the uh and the Blue Jays last year, and they both, you know, they had good starts. Ian Anderson, we talked about on our show. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's going to be pitchers who start off hot, who win a couple games, and people are going to flock to their, you know, first Bowman prospect, Starstock A, on the site. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. I think you're going to see some love for pitchers, and and you know, and, and everybody, uh, because it, it is just that much easier. I got to tell you, during football, there was a lot more of this guy's having a great game. You know, Naheem Hines just scored two touchdowns. Get on Starstock and grab his uh, his Prism rookies before somebody else does. And then you can sell them during the same game. I think there's going to be a lot more of that during baseball. You know, you're going to hear, you know, a sports center break in. This young kid, second-year player, or whoever it may be, has three home runs today. Boom, everyone's going to be running to Starstock to try to grab the Starstock A's before somebody else does. So I, I think you can see a lot more of that daily fantasy type stuff and not just the young, you know, Sotos. I think you're right. I think, you know, you can see it with pitchers as well. Okay. Okay. Kevin Porter Jr. Top five players by sales value. I, I get confused by this. I he was get- both, but he was both. So it's an easy week to do it. So, so volume means how many times someone bought one of his cards and by value, it's how much people spent in the last week on, on a particular person. So you could have, low sales count, low, low volume, but high sales if somebody buys a bunch of expensive cards. But Kevin Porter Jr., you had both. So people were buying him in volume and in price. So he was number one on both lists, right? He's number one on, on both I of those top I don't fives. agree with it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree. Like in baseball, when you have a call-up, that's a big deal, right? In basketball, when you have a call-up, when's the last time someone's been called up from like the G League and had a successful even stint? It just doesn't happen. I don't. So I don't it's a weird up. thing, right? Because he wasn't the G League player. He you know, they put him in- at all, man. He's never performed, and I think he's thrown soup at his assistant coach. Well, I mean, possibly, but he has looked good. Listen, I'm with you 100%. If you go back, so Dwayne Bacon is the last NBA player that I remember. Remember, I followed the Hornets like crazy last year. You know, I recommended Bacon as having a shot with the uh, with the Hornets. I thought he was going to step uh, – not Hornets, with the Magic. thought he was going to step up, especially when Markel Foles got hurt. Today. But he just hasn't really done it because he's not that good of a player. He showed that this year. But when he's on the Hornets, he was one of these guys that could be somebody good. And I remember last year – when Devontae showed up and Rozier was healthy and they, even without LaMelo, they had a pretty busy backcourt. They sent Bacon down to the G League. And I'm, I know he had you at least one. just like this guy because he makes you hungry. Yeah, but you no, like I'm telling you, I, just stick with me here. I know he had at least one 40-point game in the G League. Like he was lighting it up down there for the week that he was there and they called him back up and you're like, wow, you know. The difference is Kevin Porter joined the team that they're just letting him play. And there's no offense coming from anywhere else, so you might as well go ahead and fill up the bucket. I have sold all my Kevin Porter cards. I mean, so you and I talked points, about this. Clutch Points wrote an article. I searched Kevin Porter Jr. in Google. Clutch Points wrote an article. Kevin Porter Jr. card investor swimming in gains after Monster Rockets debut. I'm looking at his Monster Rockets debuts. 27 points and 8 assists. Do you want to know his shooting? 11 of 25 and 1 up for 9 from 3-point range. I mean, come well, on. At least he got the 1. <laughs> Come on. 
this guy's a scrub. He's a bona fide scrub. You guys are crazy if you're investing in Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. I, I am sorry. You know, I don't always like to get this mad. Kevin Porter Jr. investors, you guys are crazy. Crazy, huh? You don't think I, there's any chance that he turns into a legitimate, you know, legitimate player? He was a, you know, he's a decent prospect when he came out and, you know. Caught me. Caught me, someone. That, that, that's caught me. Kelly Oubre is his ceiling. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe higher? Uh, I don't think you have an example. I would be. I don't. I don't because I haven't watched him play as much as I probably should have to be to be speaking about him. But I know when when he came out last year before he went through whatever drama he was going through, he was on the, not the first tier of rookies, but he was one of those guys who, you know, if given an opportunity, could do something. I mean, I can't give you a perfect, a perfect comp. Ube might actually be a pretty good comp. I mean, you might you might have you might have a decent comp there. You know, Uber might be a decent comp. Um, oh, I respond well to compliments and agreement. Yeah, he, he might uh, he might be a decent comp, but the only difference is Kelly Uber's stats were better when he was the only player on the team, and now he's on a team where he's like the sixth best player. And instead of that being a good thing for him, where he stepped up his game and you know he's playing off of Steph Curry and you know taking full advantage of the opportunities, he's kind of disappeared. The difference is Kevin Porter is is on a team where there's nobody, right? So he's going to get stats. He's going to shoot the ball 25 times. Um, and people – what's funny is people look at how many points you score. For every 10 people that do that, there's only one or two that do what you did, which is, yeah, he might have scored 20-something points, but it was on 11 of 25 and one of nine from three. People don't even look that far into the box score. They better, man, score. better Man Conrad, which, by the way, guys, uh, we're doing like a little collab with Conrad to bring you guys really detailed analysis on the Star Stock Index. We're even going to start doing this thing called the Luca Nation Watch List. So that's going to be featured on the Star Stock web- website as well, where we kind of give you, you know, like we've talked about in, in, in stock trading, there's a watch list. Hey, take a look at these stocks. We're going to have a Luca Nation uh, watch list on the Star Stock website where we give you guys players' names and cards to take a look at so you can make the best investment decisions for yourself. So stay tuned. And Conrad, he's going to be doing a little segment on this episode as well where he goes into depth about four to eight different players that whether you should invest in them or not. A little shameless plug, Gage. And you listen, listen. The the Luca Nation watch list is going to be huge because it'll be right up there on the Star Stock, uh, you know, front page. One of the widgets that they put right up there, and it's going to be, you know, guys who we think you should be keeping an eye on, for for exactly the reasons that Sam, Sam's going to be talking about. Yeah, right? you, know, you have no idea when when they say widget, you had no idea what they were talking about. Well, I know what a widget is. You know what a widget is. A widget is a fictional object that is talked about in business classes. Um, you know, we're making widgets. Say we're making widgets, but then besides that, the word widget became a real thing. You know, the word widget was used as a, as a, a word for something that, that was nothing, that didn't exist. You know this, right? That's the, that's the origin of the word widget. In econ, I know they use widget. Yeah, yeah it's widget. Like a, so ambiguous kind of. Yeah, it's like a placeholder. Yep. You know, like, hey, we need to know how much it's going to cost to get a factory up and running. Well, what are we making in this factory? It's irrelevant. We're making widgets. You know, that's, that's how, that's how widget would, but now look, I got widgets on my TV. I got widgets. Verizon Fios is loaded with widgets. 
how to how to use shortcuts. Speaking cuts. of widgets, speaking yeah. of widgets, and we'll get back to start. No, not midgets, pal. Widgets, widgets, widgets. You're a midget. How do you feel after seventy-two hours straight of Chick Fil A? Oh, dude, I only have a little bit left. Let me tell you, I, I feel. A are you things. wait? Are you bragging or sharing that you only have a little bit left? I uh, I, I a little bit of both. I feel a couple things. Minutes. Right. So so I feel closer to God. So that's first and foremost. After eating Chick Fil A, nothing but Chick Fil A for the first four, for, for the last four days. I've been closer to God. Um, that's great. I go. feel bad that I ate it on Sunday because you're not supposed to have Chick Fil A on Sunday. But you know, I have it in the house. I'm not gonna not. I don't eat think it. you get it. And, they don't want uh, people to work on Sunday. They want to get. Of course, people I, of course I get it. Come on, these are the jokes. They're not all great jokes, but they're still the jokes, right? So I get it. Yeah. So in any event, I did. I ate some Chick-fil-A on, 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 on the seventh day, the day of rest. I'm sorry, Chick-fil-A, but your sandwiches are so good that I had to put in work on them, even though you're not supposed to work on Sunday. Um, I just I had Chick-fil-A sandwich today. I got to tell you, it's weird to not eat it with pickles. I don't right. Mind. So my daughter asks for the, the chicken sandwich with no pickle. And so I get a couple of them with no pickle. And then those are the last ones that are left. And then I have to eat it with no pickle. And I'm like, this just does. This is not. A, this is not. This is not the way the Lord intended. Two tiny little sandwich. pickle slices make yep. all the difference. Huge difference. It's a huge difference. And I, the spicy sandwich has grown on me a little. They make like a spicy chicken sandwich. That's grown on me a little. It's a you know a little nice little change of pace. It's got some heat to it also. Um, little heat. That's right. Little heat, buddy. Little heat. Um, you know. Well, just so we don't get too distracted, I, I want to bring this topic up. Is James Harden the best player in the NBA that doesn't get a lot of love? How do you know how much love he gets, man? Women love the beard. He gets – he's very underappreciated. And I watched the game yesterday, the Knicks-Nets. By the way, the game was awesome. I love how the, I love how the Knicks compete. I, I don't know if you saw quick. Like he, he – what, what, what are you rolling your eyes at for? My son keeps sneezing, so I'm trying to toggle the mute button so that only one or two sneezes make its way into the episode. But thanks for bringing it up. I think I did a decent enough job of it. But now it's we have you all been made aware of it. I respond to my co-host. Maybe I said something <laughs> wrong. Maybe I no, I love that game, man. I thought the Knicks were going to come back fully improbable. And then you got to see it got real gully there with Julius Randle at the end. So that, 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 that was some fun stuff. But two but, things stuck yeah, out. Dinette's Quick cool. picking up Kyrie full court. That, that's not a lot of rookies have that confidence because you could get crossed over pretty easy and fall and you'd be embarrassed and all that. But he picked them up full court. Second thing, James Harden's passing, man. Like, I mean, I get now why he had to play the way he had to play on the Rockets and burden you know, just shoot all the time, chuck, chuck, chuck. He looks really good with this team. He looks really good with this team. I'm curious to see how Durant plays because I think Durant's going to play off the ball a lot. And I think his experience playing with the Warriors, remember, Durant wasn't on the ball too much with the Warriors. He still was, but he wasn't running that offense. And now with Harden running the, the offense there, Durant off the ball, Kyrie off the ball, that's a dangerous team, man. That is a dangerous team. You would say it's almost unfair, man, which is, I think, why everybody assumes the Nets are going to be in the finals and that the Nets might even be the team to beat this year, which is, um, you know, if it all breaks right, I can see it. I, because, look, I can... if, if Harden's bringing the ball up, right, you have to 
you have to respect both his passing ability and the fact that he will just he'll he'll spot up from half court. You know what I mean? He doesn't care. So that's difficult. And if his outlet is Kevin Durant, you know, like you you have to be up on Harden. He'll blow by you. He'll throw up a three. And his outlet is is one of the one of the top. As much as I don't like the guy, one of the top twenty five best players of all time. You know what I mean? Like you know. So yeah, that's that's tough for anybody to defend. It's like the it's like the crane kick. If you do correct, no can defend. You even know what I'm talking about? Karate Kid. Yeah, there we go. He got uh, one, folks. I think their Achilles heel is going to be adversity. But now, here's the kicker. Do you they think his Achilles heel might actually be his Achilles? <laughs> yes and no. But adversity. Like, they might not face adversity down the stretch. It's possible. Like, they could just go on a run and be unstoppable. If they face adversity, this team can turn on each other really quickly, right? But because they've only come together in that last what, two, three, four weeks, they're not going to have that midseason lull. So they might not face adversity down the stretch and just coast. That's what I'm waiting for. I'll tell you what I'm most nervous about with the Nets. Even though all three of them have been there, they have not all three of them been there and played together yet for a prolonged period of time. Not just an adversity thing, but you know why Harden looks good now is because it's just him and Kyrie and they figure out how to play the two of them, who's going to be off ball and who's not, right? Why Durant looked good with Kyrie was because you know they were playing together with you know, Harden not in, and Kyrie played well with Durant. Like, it remains to be seen what happens when all three of them are there and playing together. And, you know, if one of them's off, are they going to be willing to take a back seat and be more of a facilitator for the others? And last wild card. Now I'm going to do this Ian's here, so he's going to love this, right? If Joe Harris is able mm-hmm. to continue to shoot the three ball at basically a 50% in-game clip, the du- look at the dude's numbers. He's shooting very close to 50% from three this year. If that happens, it doesn't even really matter which one of the big three. That is the ultimate weapon there, man. They give him any space, and he's just – he is deadly from three. I mean, the guy averages close to 15 points a game, and on Mm -hmm. that team with those stars, it's hard to find 15 points. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, let's not forget the the role players, and sometimes – you know what it is, right? Like, like, like good cooks will tell you, right? All the ingredients by themselves are good. But when you get the ingredients in the right combination, right, you can make the meal infinitely better when you combine them the right way. I worry with the bringing on the Blake Griffin and now these three, like, like does it mess with the flow? And all these guys going to have enough time healthy to figure out the right recipe all together, right? Like, does Joe Harris lose minutes? Does he, you know, get out of his routine, get out of his rotation, and he's not there to hit the big three when they need him, you know? How do they put Blake Griffin into this mix? Are they done adding? Are they going to go out and trade for Bradley Beal because they don't have enough talent? I mean, you know, like, what, what's next? What's next, Brooklyn? You know? I will tell you the Lakers need to add Bradley Beal because this Lakers, they've kind of lost their, their vibe a little bit. In the beginning in the beginning of the season, you thought they were, we thought they were unstoppable, right? And they've lost a little bit of their swag. I mean, LeBron's playing as well as ever. Last thing, and we could wrap, or if there's a topic that's interesting to you, but this also stuck out, okay? Yep. So top five players by sales count. 
someone cracked that uh, lineup, the top five, LaMelo Ball. Oh, and yeah, he did. Because Prism Draft doesn't sell well. We know that. And it's cheap. It's like six bucks now for Prism Draft. But I would take a look at that. Because what that shows me is there's an insane demand for LaMelo cards. And people are getting a little bit impatient waiting for hoops to be in, uh, loaded in. I don't even know if they accept hoops. And real prism to come out. And LaMelo now is fourth on that list of top five players by sales. I expect his cards to go up 20, 30%. Uh, by next I sold a few. I sold a few balls. You know, I sold some parallels. The draft prism, like red ice and green that I had in there that weren't getting any looks, they sold. So people were Parallels definitely looking for as well, Cage. I know, but they sold. <laughs> they sold. They sold. You know, for for full ask on Lamelo. So it was definitely, you know, it was definitely interesting to see. Um, you know, besides Kevin Porter, Acuna, who I was talking about, made the list by by value. Giannis was on the list. That's a little weird. What's going on with Giannis that he would make the list? Let me take a look. Maybe somebody was smart and scooped up a cheap Giannis Prism PSA 10. Like you, you think you want a Giannis a few, There's a few Giannis cards on here that might be worth considering. By the way, on the top performers, did you notice Laurie Markinen joined and he was he was in the negative performance the week before? Mm-hmm. So guys, I would pay attention. And Baisley is in the top performers and he was on the downside. So so I love to give you guys the the worst performer list from last week because usually those are the guys that find their way, you know, Andrew likes to call it dead cat bounce, but the worst performers in the emerging 30 index, which was slightly down, down, you know, just over 1% from week to week. Mm-hmm. Cam Reddish is down 43%. Darius Garland down 34% and Colin Sexton down 20%. So obviously the, the crush that everyone had on that Cleveland backcourt coming into the season and those first couple of weeks where those guys were just dropping buckets, the two of them, that has kind of worn off. And as I like to say, you know, they've turned back into a pumpkin. Hmm. But uh, those guys, you know, I don't know what Cleveland's going to be playing for down the stretch here besides, you know, draft status, you know, what pick they're going to get in the lottery. Um, you know, those guys, they can, they can both run into, you know, a couple of back-to-back 30-point games. And they go from last week's disappointment to this coming week's best performers. So I keep an eye on them. Do you know who this guy, top five set players by sales cap, Aristides Aquino? Aristides Aquino, um, or Aquino, if you say it the right way, like you did. So not last year, two years ago, he came up and was one of the most talked about sluggers in the game as a rookie. He came up and, and hit like, I forget what it was. I don't remember if he had like eight home runs in 10 days or some just crazy stroke. But last year he had a hard time. He, it was like it was like the Pedro Serrano thing, right? He had a hard time with the curveball. They finally figured it out, and he wasn't hitting it. And he didn't really get much major league playing time last year. Um, I happen to like him a lot. Ian and I pulled a uh, a printing plate auto of his out of a pack. You know, like one of those one on one plates that nobody really cares about. I sent it into PSA and put it in a slab, and you know they don't give it a number grade. They give it like authentic. Um, but we got one of those. We like him. Um, He's got a home run stroke. Let me spell his name for some people who if they're so not. A-Q-U-I-N-O. Aquino, right? You want to spell his first name? Look at the big brains on Brad, Cage. You want to spell his first name? I do not. You've stolen my thunder. (laughs) Well, listen, I'll steal your thunder too. Again, his first name is A-R-I-S-T-E-D-I-S, I I believe. You picked up his card and you're reading it off. I'm not reading it. I don't have a card over here. We post video on YouTube now. Come on now. 
Last thing. So we're not running Luca Simon. Yeah, I noticed that. The wrong Luca. What is that? People are gambling? They think he's going to be top savior? You think people are on Star Stock thinking they bought Luca cards and bought the wrong Luca? (laughs) I I saw that also, right? I saw that in the data. That was pretty crazy. Luca Samaniak. 243 sales of Luca Samaniak cards. Do you think somebody just, you know, somebody loaded up a whole bunch of them and listed them for 10 cents or something like that? And, and uh, they made the top sales by count? Who knows? I don't know. Luca Nation. So we're trying something new. Last week, you guys absolutely loved it. So in the beginning of this episode, Conrad's going to give you the deep dive into the star stock index and the players that he suggests and does a lot of research on. And then we kind of go a little qualitative on this and riff back and forth, you know, what's going on overall on star stock. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, also feel free to DM us if you want to join our star stock group. I believe there's room. We could also spin up another room. Uh, yeah. And any final words from the big men? Yeah. So, you know, with this widget, <laughs> not midget, not fidget, no, no, with this yeah. widget that we're going to be rolling out there with, you know, the, the, with the, 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 the Luca Nation watch list. Um, yeah, we'd love to have you in the group, right? Or we could even start another group. We'd love to hear what people are doing to let us know if you've bought cards off the Luca Nation off the watch list. Uh, any suggestions for who should go in the watch list next week? You know, you name it. We, we you know, we uh, we love to have an open dialogue with you guys. And this is another one of those uh, one of those times where we can. Um, I'm looking forward to baseball season, you know, and uh, and what that brings for Star Stock. I think it's really going to open stuff up. Um, and I've noticed, and this isn't from the data they gave us, but I've noticed myself just in looking at them, the Star Stock A prices are starting to creep up a little bit. And I think that that is, is, is a direct correlation to the, you know, people are putting cards in there that are not uh, going to be graded because of PSA new pricing. And I think you're going to see that with uh, Topps flagship, like the first stuff. I think you're going to be able to see, you know, Joe Adele and, uh, um, you know, and, and the rookies that come up this year, maybe update when it comes out. Like those cards, it may be, a star stock a play instead of the PSA 10 play, just because, you know, for the amount of time it's going to take to get it back as well as what they're charging now to grade a card like that. Um, I think you're going to see, you're going to see star stock a become a little more of a, you know, a, the liquid card trading uh, yep. on the platform. Just a, just a little observation. Luca nation. How's it going? It's Luca nation. Conrad here. I'm going to be re- recording my own segment here real quick, you know, five to 10 minutes breaking down once again, the uh, emerging 30 index that they do have on their platform. So first up we have cam reddish. Uh, he is actually already pretty close to some all time lows, but I actually do expect his prices to potentially honestly get even lower. Right? So while cam reddish has had a bit of an up and down year, uh, he's honestly bit more on the disappointing side uh he did go down with an injury a couple of weeks ago which hasn't exactly made things any better for him right 
Um, and price is kind of corrected after a 43.1% jump last week. Um, the prices have finally corrected themselves once again and are back down to their previous price the week before on March 1st. Uh, at, on March 1st, those prices were at $16. They're currently at $16.97. A pretty significant drop-off. And the biggest reason for this, in my opinion, was the fact that his injury due date um, was was not necessarily extended, but it's it was a little bit further, further down the line than people were really expecting it to be, right? We heard that he would be coming back um, after the All-Star break. But we just got word that he'll probably be coming back on April 15th, which is pretty much one month away. And no investors typically want to wait that long, unfortunately, um, especially with some of these younger guys and especially with, you know, some of their base cards and stuff like that. So we have seen a pretty significant drop off in his prices. I would expect them to rebound a bit. But while some people may say if prices do reach all-time lows, you should invest in him, I'm honestly not sure if I feel the same way. The biggest reason being that there's just so many questions about him, how he'll be able to return from his injury. But then also, this team as a whole has been struggling a lot. They've been dealing with some pretty poor defensive issues, at least towards the latter half of the season. They started out on fire on both ends of the court, but since then have dropped off significantly. And overall, they've had a pretty good amount of injuries, both minor and major injuries to this team. And there's just a lot of questions with a lot of other people on the roster. So is this team really going to be as good as expected? Not a lot of people are thinking they will be. And I'm honestly kind of on, on that side of things. I'm not really sure that this Atlanta Hawks team is going to be quite as good as we expected coming into the season. Um, and I'm, and I'm not sure how Reddish is going to be able to come back from his injury, especially considering that he wasn't really playing all that well before the season had even really started. Right. Next up, we have Jaron Jackson Jr. He still hasn't returned. And honestly, it's a very similar situation uh, to Cam Radish, although it's not quite as significant of a dip. Um, But we did see a nice jump in his prices last last week. Excuse me. A 16.1% jump going from $31 to $36 in a week span. And has since then dropped by 2.8%. Uh, and is now $35 for his 2018 prison-based rookie card. And of course, honestly, I think the reason for this is the fact that his injury date due date was extended. We were told that he would probably be coming back very soon after um, the All-Star break. So we were kind of thinking, you know, March 12th through March 15th, maybe a little bit later. But it has since been extended to about early April. I believe it's April 2nd, to be exact. And I think that that's probably the biggest reason um, for this 2.8% drop, although it's not even though it's not that big of a deal, I do want to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr., which is why I put him into this episode. Um, because the Grizzlies have been struggling a bit without him, but they are still barely sitting inside of the play-in tournament with a 17-9 and record, right? And so there could be some significant improvements made to this roster if he does come back and could push them further into the uh, playoff tournament or their play-in tournament or push them into the playoffs as maybe a seventh seed or something like that and guarantee them a playoff spot, which is why I think when he is announced to come back or he does come back, there's going to be a lot of hype around him and around this Grizzlies team as a whole, but especially around the team um, if he starts to play you know, better than expected because he's coming back from a pretty major meniscus tear. Um, so I, I, I think that we're going to see some pretty, some pretty significant hype around both him and this team once he's announced to return. And, you know, if he does play well, then there could be some serious gains and some serious profits made off of his cards. Although, of course, is a bit risky because you never know quite how well players are going to be able to return from injuries, especially injuries at, as significant as a meniscus tear, um, especially for a guy of his size, right? Third, we have Lonzo Ball. Lonzo wants his extension to say the very least, right? He started off very just it was a very bad way to start the season playing 
at near all career, like near career lows, just terrible performances. But since then he has really stepped it up and has consistently been playing at a very, very, very high level. Um, He's been able to maintain this high level and his prices have maintained their current position. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase things, but that's how I'm going to phrase them for now. Um, You know, we saw an 11.1% jump last week, reaching $30 for a 2017 prison-based rookie card. And now those cards are still at $30. But I do think he's also going to be a very interesting card to watch here because there's a possibility for him to get traded, right? There was rumors about that before. Now he, of course, is playing at a, at a very high level. So it's maybe even more enticing for the uh, Pelicans to trade him if they think they could get a really good offer back. Or he could get an extension um, if if the Pelicans really believe in him and they think that, hey, this is the form that he's going to be playing at. This is what we can expect from him year in and year out. Um, And we want to bring him back on on an extension. Of course, if that happens, you know, we would see some pretty significant gains as well, just like if he was traded. Um, But then also he could just be left on the contract that he's on, right? He may not get extended. He may not get traded. They may want to see how things play out. And because the Pelicans are finally kind of getting better and gelling better as a team, maybe they do make a solid run to the playoffs or they have a good um, play and appearance, right? And his prices continue to climb if they really start to uh, really start to tear through the rest of the regular season and potentially even the playoffs as well, which would, of course, make his cards a little bit higher than they are right now because, of course, you know, more basketball to watch, more exciting basketball to watch around playoff time. Um, that's going to lead to more attention on those playoff teams and those playoff teams' players. That's what I meant to say. So, if you do have any Lonzo cards or you're looking at them, his prices could be very crazy volatile the next couple of weeks. So strap in for the ride. And the final player that I want to talk about who's kind of in a similar situation as Lonzo, but not particularly, um, it actually is someone from the same class that already did get an extension, it's Jason Tatum. Um, and the reason that I'm going to, I'll talk about that a little bit later. We finally saw a jump. Usually these higher priced players, first of all, I want to talk about this. In the index, these higher priced players, let me organize this by highest value real quick. These highest priced players, if you look at them in comparison to some of these lower priced players, there is very little movement in comparison, right? Once you hit triple figures, once you hit three figures, there's nowhere near as much movement. Your prices are not anywhere near as volatile as they are if you were, let's say, a $15 Marvin Bagley card, right? Um, and so even even a 2.9% gain like we're seeing now is still a sign that people are at least looking at him, that people are willing to pay this current price for Tatum, if not even more, right? Because of course it's, it's a growth. Anyway, um, one of the interesting players to watch on a slightly disappointing team is Jason Tatum. One of the biggest reasons for this team's struggles was the fact that Marcus Smart was injured. He's their glue guy that does all of the hard work and gets uh, all the steals, does the dirty, not the dirty plays, but he does the dirty work. Um, and, and he's kind of that glue guy, like I said, for this team. And having him back is going to uh, improve this roster significantly. They're still currently, I want to say, the fifth or the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, which is not bad at all. Um, but they, they were they were in for a rocky couple of games not too long ago. And there's, you know, there's, there's still questions about if they're going to be able to maintain this this level of play that they're currently on. Um, I do think that they'll be able to do it, especially because they do have Marcus Smart back. But that's not why I want to talk Jason, uh, talk about Jason Tatum. 
one of the biggest reasons I think for this jump was because of the amount of rumors or the amount of trade rumors that we've been hearing uh, circling around the Boston Celtics. They have one of, if not actually, I think the biggest trade exception that we've seen in NBA history at $28.5 million. That is enough to land a legitimate star or all-star or borderline all-NBA caliber player if, if anyone's in that sort of situation. Um, and that right there, a trade like that, is major at the deadline that could make a team like the Celtics a legitimate contender because right now they are kind of on the cusp of being a legitimate contender, but they have a lot of questions. They don't have a lot of depth, all this other sort of stuff surrounding this team, right? And getting a legitimate star, another legitimate star, not a legitimate star. They already have a couple of them, but getting another legitimate star alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and I guess Kemba Walker, if you want to mention him as well, that is big. Um, and his prices, his prices could go nuts for about a week or two. Um, I just think that all the recent trade rumors that we've been seeing recently did lead to this little jump, but it could also lead to some very exciting, um, what's the word? Very exciting prices for some Jason Tatum collectors or investors out there. Uh, so it's of course always worth mentioning. Anyway, those are the four guys that I had for you. Uh, we did see a little bit of a loss this week, 17.4. Uh, dollars, which is only like a 1% loss since last week. So we're kind of reaching the plateau period uh, for the emerging 30 index, at least right now during playoff time, you know, never, you never know prices could spike. Uh, but anyway, that's all I had for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and bronze. Oh my podcast. Um, do us a favor and like subscribe. Now, nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.